Join me every month for the inspiration to find your finish line. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Find Your Finish Line, presented by Curad Performance Series, the official medical supplier of Iron Man. I'm Mike Riley, your host, and I'm so happy that you're here with us today. This podcast is not only about you finding your finish line at an event or a race, but also in life. And we have to do that every day, don't we? I'll talk with successful people from all backgrounds about their inspiring stories of struggle, achievement, both in sports and life. And on the show with us today, I am very excited to have Rhonda Vitier. Hello, Rhonda. Hi, Mike. How are you? I am terrific. Welcome to Find Your Finish Line. Uh, it's so good to see your smiling face. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm honored <laughs> to be here with you. Thank you for having us together. Well, everybody, Rhonda is currently the CIO of Herbalife uh, Nutrition. She is uh, ranked as one of the top 50 most powerful women in technology by the National Diversity Council, both in 2019 and 2020. And as you can see in her background, she's a multiple 70.3 Ironman finisher and author of Grit and Grind. And I, I, I'm going to ask you about getting your hands dirty. You know, I am. I love okay. Cause you know, you know, you love to get your hands dirty. Rhonda, I do. you have mentored CEOs from global corporations. You've mentored technology companies. You've even mentored Navy SEALs. Where do you, where do you go from here? Why do you keep moving forward? Oh, thanks, Mike. Well, why do I keep moving forward? I keep moving forward because that's life. We need to keep up the pace and the cadence and just keep pushing through things. And I, I like action, Mike. I don't like to sit still and and move. And I keep moving forward because I want to make a difference in this world as well. You know, sometimes our, well, no, most of the time our actions speak louder than words. So when you're talking to a group and you know, maybe you're not getting through the way you want to get through to them. Uh, what kind of actions would you try to portray to them to, to, to bring them into your fold, to be able to motivate them? To be able to motivate folks, if it's on a virtual backdrop or in 2D, not 3D, Mike, uh, I would really try to engage them. Can't wait till we're back to being human. But really, it depends on the culture. I engage them from a cultural perspective, engage the diversity of thought, ask a lot of questions, and I motivate them by actions. You're right. Speak louder than words. I do it. I, I do all the different. Uh, I work for everyone. That's my motto, Mike. I get in the yeah. trenches with the team and, and I motivate and just keep pushing through problems and and be there as, as a team member. And I work for everyone. It's not I don't motivate people um, in a different light. I, I'm all, we're all one team. So I love the analogy because you do love getting your hands dirty. And, you know, in the simplest sense, we're out in the gardens just digging it up, trying to make stuff grow. Is, is that kind of what it really means to you, getting your hands dirty? Getting my hands dirty might means knowing every detail and not being too removed from the situation and knowing how to, to, to really dive down, get in the dirt, the soil, all the details, no matter what it is, just, just be a part of whatever that is and understand the details, all the grit and grind to actually make a decision. So I, I like getting down 
no matter, no matter where we are on a bike, the gears, the scuba diving, but with the team, get down in the dirt, you know, in the dirt and, and really get your hands dirty. Meaning, meaning that, you know, what you're talking about with the details. You know, I, I, so many accolades have been thrown your way. And one of them, the 10 most influential businesswoman to follow. Do you feel, do you ever feel pressure because of some of the accolades that are thrown your way? Um, pressure is a privilege. That's saying by Billie Jean King. Um, we all feel pressure. Um, I, I do it. I live my life, Mike, with a moral compass. And I just want to make sure that I'm leading by example. So, and continue to do that. Um, I feel more pressure at a race, quite frankly, um, <laughs> because everyone's so competitive and you never know who's going to you know, kick your face or just, just that, that moment in the water, as you know, that's really where I'm like, oh boy, here we go. The first 500 feet, get through it. That's where I feel more pressure than at work, to be honest, Mike. <laughs> you know, it's amazing about that when you mentioned that. You know how many people that I've had the honor to be able to see get in the water and talk to them from all walks of life, famous actors, CEOs, governors, no matter what it is, senators, and they all break down to this natural childlike self. It, it's not about their title or what they do in life, but when they go to get in the water and they're going to do an endurance event, it breaks them down to that childlike self. Is that how you feel? Yes. Yes. And when you talk about pressure, that's, that's exactly the feeling because we're all experiencing the same thing. And it's that moment, Mike, it's that moment. It is. That, that is a very defining moment for so many people. In your book, you've got 10 principles that you've uh, listed out that they, you call them your guiding principles. Uh, three of them are be prepared, be on time, and listen first. I, I love those three because I, I think if you put those together, you're going to have a very successful life. If you were talking to a company for the first time and you, you could only use maybe one or, of your principles, which one would you come out with? Um, listening. I think listening, understanding at the company perspective, um, no matter what company it is, I think that's a lost art because I also think that um, everyone hides behind email, Mike, and we need to do more mm -hmm. interaction and listen to when people talk and not just read because a message is never, you know, a message sent is never a message read, especially in the virtual world. So we need to talk more and listen more and communicate more openly. Well, I've always heard the best communicators in the world are the best listeners. <laughs> That's, and, and that does play out. You know, when you create or companies create or individuals create a mission statement for their business, yours is to connect with people all over the world, you know, to help make their business lives and their personal lives easier through technology. When you were putting together your mission statement, did you think it was going to come to fruition right away or it was going to be years and years before you could you could actually pull it off? Um, well, this one, when I came here, it was already in place. I would say being a part of other companies, putting together a mission and vision, it's a process like anything in life. Mm -hmm. it, not immediately putting together a vision and mission. It takes about three to five years, Mike, to get a lot of traction behind it. Yeah, I, that's amazing. So I, I, I tell you what, I've traveled like you a lot, been in situations that have kind of scared me. I, I want to uh, have you tell the audience about yours because sometimes we find ourselves in situations you go, 
oh my gosh, how, how the heck did I get here? And I, and, and I don't want to be here. You were in your 20s in the technology business and you were traveling, you were in Mumbai and you were actually being kidnapped by three or four guys. Uh, take us through that because I, I mean, this is stuff you read in the paper or see on TV, but you experienced it. Take us through Thanks that. Thanks for if you asking, would. Mike. Yes, that was a pivotal moment. I was in my 20s and I was working in the finance sector. Um, and I was in India and eyes wide open, young Mike. I was in Airburn, which I love shoes, if you could, as you can tell behind me as well. I love shoes, tennis shoes, any kind of shoes. And I was um, on a break and I went shoe shopping. And it wasn't at night, it was during the day. It was very, it was, I mean, lights are out, but I, actually came out with bags of shoes and over there shoes are $2, Mike, let's put it in perspective, like beaded, you know, really fun and unique. So, um, I was shoe shopping and they literally would throw them from the ceiling, Mike, they had a little tunnel and they would throw the shoes down from the ceiling, any size that you wanted. So I bought two, two bags of shoes. So my hands were not free and I walked out in a dirt street, mud. I mean, this is how that culture is. It's, I didn't, I didn't care about getting dirty. Talk about getting your hands dirty and feet dirty. And I, I walked and I was walking through the street to the alley where the uh, car was. And I heard someone screaming and I had sunglasses on. I didn't have, I was right, dressed regularly. I mean, um, nothing crazy. And so they, men started coming up to me and pulling me saying, Hollywood, 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 and actually grabbing me. And it was the most scariest moment of my life. And thank goodness I had friends, um, uh, you know, help me. Um, and I was, I couldn't defend myself, Mike, because my hands talk about situational awareness, right? Yeah. Um, your hands in a foreign country, you should, you should never, you know, I had to drop the bags and, and everything, but that was, that was my wake up call early in my career because, and I've traveled the world for work, but I'm very, very um, conscious of my surroundings, even more what I have in my hand and can I defend myself? That is an amazing story. I I'm, I'm got angst and I'm nervous just hearing you talk about it because, you know, putting your, putting myself or others in that same situation, it's just something that we don't want to have happen. Isn't it amazing how life comes along and, and, and smacks you and all of a sudden it teaches you the biggest lesson there is. It is. And that, that moment I will never forget, no matter when I get on a plane, when I'm walking down that tarmac, Mike, I think of that moment every time I fly, am I okay? What culture, what news, what paper, what's going on in the world? What, where am I landing? I mean, I, I go through a thought like checklist, like a race, but in my head, I'm pivoting already there. And that moment taught me a lot in life for the rest of my life. Wow. So you you love trusting your gut, which yes. I find not amazing. I, I find it because you're a you're a technologist and you help companies succeed and you mentor a lot of people. But to be able to trust your gut, a, a lot of uh, business people would say, well, no, you gotta you gotta trust the numbers, which you do. But tell us about why you really trust your gut so much. I trust my gut, my intuition and the energy a lot, Mike. I think it's um, one of the things I've been uh, learned to, to utilize early on from that moment, actually, the gut, the situational awareness. I, when something feels off, I dive down deeper into the details. I make decisions differently. 
I ask a lot of questions, the intuition, if, if something's not adding up in the numbers, obviously you go deep into the details, but you could always tell with the gut, how people interact. Um, just like you're awesome and your energy everywhere. You, you all, you know, people who are going to show up in your gut, if something's off, you know it. And when you walk in a room, like think about next time you walk in and see people you haven't seen and what that feeling's like, that intuition and just that moment um, that we're all going to have when we come back to the world. But I, I use my gut a lot in a, a lot of decisions every day, Mike. I, I utilize it every day. Good for you. Yeah, and it's amazing. It, it reminded me of uh, uh, my parents because they had gut feelings about what their six kids were doing and they were always right. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they, were, they were always right, doggone it. <laughs> anyway, what... Uh, if you can think back of a, a time when you did fail and you really thought you were on the right track uh, and, and, you know, a failure isn't a person that fails. We know that it's one who doesn't really learn from the experience. So when you did fail at something, uh, tell us about how you did learn from that experience and it kept pushing you forward. Yeah. Fail hard and fail fast. Everyone needs to fail in life to learn. And I, and I, I actually say that every day because I want, I encourage people to fail. Um, I would say that one moment that I failed was in a, a network outage um, that the team failed, uh, we all did, that we didn't have a sense of urgency on the stock market floor enough to appreciate how much uh, milliseconds a transaction would take when a network outage happened um, when I was early in my career, how anxious traders get, how quickly the team needed to assemble, learned it was literally milliseconds or five minutes, you know, downtime is, is too long. And we learned that the hard way with folks screaming, screaming and, and things throwing, been thrown at you, which I'm fine with um, actually. But I learned from that moment because it was, whoa, my gosh, what's happening. It's an outage, but there's money transactions happening. The team wasn't quick enough. Um, we didn't have certain capability and we, from a technology perspective, and we learned to look for that the rest of our lives um, to make sure minimize downtime. But I also um, didn't appreciate how the folks that couldn't do their trades, what that meant to them, Mike. So we mm -hmm. learned from that, from a transaction, um, not just on the monetarily, but the the mental model way of thinking of a, a, a trader as well. Sense well, of plus it's, it's, it's reacting to situations. Some react one way and some react another. It's usually not the situation. It's how you do suck it in or, or suck it up. Yeah, sure. exactly. How you take in their energy and how, how you do, you don't want to react right back because us as athletes want to go. You have to remain there and, and take it in and no matter what they're saying. So I, I've learned that. Hold on, everyone. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Even after 40 years on the microphone at thousands of events, welcoming hundreds of thousands of athletes to the finish lines, I am still in awe by the incredible endurance of each and every athlete and what you display. The physical exertion, the sweat, and the challenges you put your body through deserve a level of support that match your dedication. As the official medical supplier for the Ironman US Series, Curiad Performance Series lineups of wraps, tapes, bandages, supports, and braces give you, the serious athlete and weekend warriors alike, the optimal support needed to keep moving, including new far infrared kinesiology tape technology, which reduces energy made through body heat, back to targeted areas to help you heal faster 
and enhance performance. So don't you let sprains and muscle pain hold you back. Recover smarter and shop the entire Curad Performance Series on Amazon. Well, Rhonda Vitier, what turned you on to endurance sports? Mm -hmm. Huh? What Great. turned you on to it? What turned me on, Mike, was all the traveling, quite frankly. The more intense my job got, the more endurance and the more I found that I needed endurance um, for mental clarity. It actually, when I land over after 19 hours worth of flights, I go to the gym. I stay at 24-hour hotels. I go to the gym. It resets me. I find that I'm very clear mind thinking and I love activeness, motion, and lots of things going on at, at once, Mike. So I, I love endurance. I actually love it. I'm not a sprinter. I go for the long haul probably because uh, at work, I'm always here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're not stopping. This isn't a sprint. It's a long day's worth of work. And I love it, Mike. I absolutely love the feeling. Well, it's, it's amazing how many triathletes have told me that they feel they can outwork so many of their competitors because They've done Ironman. They've done long distance. They've done swim, bike, and run. Uh, somehow it, it is still something in you that, you know what, I can't, I, if I can do that, I can do anything. It's so true. It's so true. And um, I did this 55-mile run through Africa with armed guards. Um, and the, one of the first females to do that several years ago, went back and took an Olympic athlete who she trained for a year um, just to do that run. But after you do uh, the triathlon, um, it's just amazing. Like you want to keep going and keep building up on your baseline. So that's what yeah. keeps attracting me to that and keep going. And by the way, everybody, you know, Rhonda is an all-world athlete, an AWA bronze athlete uh, at the 70.3 distance. And tell us about pumping up Snow Canyon. Oh gosh, Mike, Snow Canyon is the hardest, but most rewarding in the world. I feel personally, my goodness, there were people literally, Mike, that were going up that incline and were falling over because they couldn't keep up the cadence. It's steep. They're, they were, their clips, they were just fall. They couldn't get clipped out enough and they were just fall over. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are real athletes that just didn't hydrate. Right. Quite frankly, they didn't prep for their meals along the way. You could tell some of them were just so into the sightseeing because uh, you're going so slow that they didn't pay attention to who, you know, who's in front of them. Uh, but that was the most, the slowest climb of my life, Mike. It was so <laughs> beautiful, so hard. And I kept saying to myself, I am not giving up. I saw people clipping out and walking their bikes up and I was not doing that, Mike. I was determined not to do that. Good for you. you. But you were, it seems like you were looking back and forth because it is beautiful. It is gorgeous. Gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Well, Rhonda, you uh, are an influential person among everybody, but you're so influential to so many women out there that are trying to move themselves up in the business world. And you did a three-day Serengeti Girls Run that you've done a couple times. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. It sounded so cool. Thank you, Mike. I'm going back to do it this October as well. Oh, so fantastic. it's a part of um, it's a part of my legacy in my heart for giving back to STEM and younger children in the world, um, especially in Africa. We do stuff in India as well. But I believe in that that Serengeti Girls Run. What it is is it's um, attached to the community. It's a 55 mile run, 
um, that we start in the community. The first day is a 3.5. We hold hands with the kids. We mm. sing, Mike. It's it's a wonderful feeling through the village. And we start um, the race. I've, I've kicked it off uh, two years in a row with a, a, a speech. And we run through the community, hold hands. At the end, we have a little job fair. So there's wellness. I'm in the tech booth with a, a computer showing them technology, which to see their faces light up, Mike, is just amazing in Africa. And that's what we call the community day. That does not count with the long distance run. So then you go back out and you run for uh, two to three days. And we, depending upon the weather and the terrain, we break it up. But I've done that twice. I've met some amazing women from around the world. It's in my heart. It's part of the legacy. And going back this year to do it, um, I, I've done it twice now. The last one I did it with um, Olympic athlete Veronica Day that I'm mentoring. Mm. And Mike, she trained a year for this race. She's not a long distance runner. She actually trained. Um, she's a skeleton on uh, face down. So she trained for this and we ran it together. And I'll be going back this October to do it again. I can't wait. I, I love that because you you said a few times there, you do it for your heart. Uh, so many times in the business world, we get bogged down with the business world. But doesn't it make one so much stronger if all of a sudden you pull out a passion in your heart and you can repeat it and it's part of your as you say, your legacy, but it's part of your yearly ritual. Uh, and people have to do that, don't they? They do. If once you pull from the heart and you're so passionate about something, there's no stopping you. And, and I think it's just, it brings you joy and we want to pass joy along to everyone and not, mm -hmm. not this isn't a time trial. We can, yeah. we can have that mentality, Mike, but once you have pure joy and you race for joy, you'll be even faster and better. That's my humble opinion. Are you, did I hear rumor you might be racing on a team with Ram this year, the race across America? Yeah, I was going to do that. Um, but due to work, I had to back out, but yes, um, we were a part of that and, um, they're still going to do it. Um, depending upon COVID and I, I wish them the best of luck. I, I might be at the finish, but I'll, I'm trying to be at the end for them, Mike. Well, there's always 2022. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> there's always that. You know this whole this whole COVID everything. It's hard, so hard to plan, as you know, Mike. Seriously. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Talk about talk about readjusting plans constantly. Do does does Rhonda have a full distance Ironman in her future? Yes, she does. My coach is after me. June sixth, I'm out there in Roanoke. That'll be my first one. Um, and then they all fall out into place. And yes, yes, I do. Um, with these work zooms, it is Mike, this COVID world, there's no boundaries. So yeah. the, the, there are no boundaries. So it's, it's really hard, but I'm, it's in there. It's, it's going to happen. It's, it, it's in the, uh, it's in the bucket, right? It's in the bucket <laughs> up top. By the way, I have to tell you, my wife loves you already because she calls herself a shoe freak and she goes, she is too. <laughs> <laughs> shoes, tennis shoes, heels, you know, everything, everything, Mike, everything. Fashion. I don't even, I don't even want to look in the closet. I don't even open that door on her side. Trust me. I, I've, I've, I've wised up over the years. Who, awesome. what have, what have you read or listened to lately that, that inspired you from someone else? I have listened to several podcasts um, from folks that I'm mentoring that just have had tra trauma through the military from PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, really inspired me. The stories that 
when the military, and I, I love the military because my dad was in the military, but that inspires me to watch someone give service. There's a flag behind me um, that, that now transitions into the business world. So I'm, I'm all about lessons learned and, and people and just um, how they, how they're going into their next phase of life, like a race, you know, crawl, walk, run, we pivot in our races. I'm all about folks pivoting into their next journey. That's what inspires me, Mike. So it is a bit daunting to people when they are taking a look at the swim, bike, run world, and they want to get into triathlon, but they're working full time, but they've got two or three kids, but this and that. What advice would you give to those newbies? And there's so many out there and we want them to come into our world and find out what it's all about. What advice would you give to them on trying to balance and, and juggle so that they can uh, get in the water with us and do our thing? My advice to anyone new is don't get caught up in your time. Do you finish? If you want to walk, walk. Um, this is, this is, not to compete against everyone all the time. This is for yourself and, and really just get out there and do it after your first one, you'll be hooked. Um, and then you can push yourself even more with the data, but don't, don't overanalyze anything. It's a wonderful community. The mentality with triathletes, Mike, is just something that we bring to the workplace every day with decisiveness, decision-making on time, just everything you read in the book as well. You apply that the that race acumen in the business world, and you learn. You really learn when you're racing um, what what you have in you, and you can push yourself. You you can push yourself even harder. Don't be too hard on yourself as well. I would tell them. I, I, I it's great advice, and and so many times when I've seen people come into transition in the morning, and they're a bit late, they're a bit behind. You know it's going to affect the rest of their day until they can settle themselves down. So that being on time or being early is 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 huge, especially in, in our world. Get the transition as early as you can. What the heck? <laughs> you can sleep tomorrow. Exactly, Mike. Be there, just be present, take it all in the energy, know your gut there and go. Rhonda, who's your mentor? My mentor, I have several of them, um, large technology companies. I look up to Michael Dell. I look up to General Gen, uh, four-star General James Cartwright. I have several um, mentors, um, and I, I, I check in with um, my, my mentor who's in the military all the time, and I believe in that, Mike. I believe in this mentorship. I'm all about um, being mentored. And, you know, having mentees and I'm very selective on the mentees. And I, I believe that and not only does it bring me joy to see people grow, but it's the learning process. And I learn from my mentor all the time. That is that is strong, very strong, because uh, it, it's amazing. I always said to people, you know, when they're shy about meeting someone new, I go, you have to because they know something you don't know. Right. And uh, mentors give us so much out there. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you're on both sides of it because it's, it's, it's the way of the business world. It's a way of keeping life solid. So if you had uh, any last bit of advice you could give to uh, anybody in the business world right now because of the last 14 months has been tough. We're on Zoom. Mm -hmm. We're not with our colleagues. We can't give those hugs and high fives. Uh, what, what can you say to them to keep them going day by day? I would say check in with three people minimum that you haven't talked to make it very diverse. Call them, call people, not just zoom. Also 
getting back to your mentor, I would formalize a mentor. Have you formalized your mentor? Will you be my mentor, Mike? Those are powerful words. Have you done that in this COVID world? Are you checking in? Um, I would really encourage everyone in this virtual world to reach out. Please don't reach out via text. Call them, Zoom them, but make it every, every, every week I write down, Mike, who have I talked to outside of work? Mm-hmm. Here's a little tip. And who have I checked in with? Who's on my list that I haven't heard from? There's the gut intuition. Oh, I haven't heard from this person in a while. What's going on? And just reach out because I know I appreciate that when someone reaches out from across the blue, it can be from 10, 20 years ago. I'm not talking about your friend that you talk to every two weeks. I'm talking right. about someone in your wheelhouse, Mike, that you haven't talked to. Oh, you got me. Doggone it, girl. You got me going now. <laughs> My head has gone. That is some <laughs> of the best advice uh, I have I have heard through this whole process. That is, and you know what? It's not that we don't know what you just said. We know that. It's a matter of just... It just just getting out and doing it, making those calls and, and not texting, but calling. Exactly, Mike. So when you're walking outside the house, <laughs> walking the dog, call someone that you haven't talked to in 10, 20 years. You know what? It makes their day and it brings your heart joy too, because they'll be like, wow, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. And you have a great voice. They would love to hear your voice. <laughs> I call people randomly when, when a spouse or a friend will call and say, Hey, uh, you want to call my wife? Cause it's her birthday. And so I'll say, hi, Sarah, how are you doing? And, uh, who's this? Uh, well, I, I, I know it's your birthday. Oh my God, it's my grandma. You know, I, they seem to pick it up faster than I, I go, I, I don't know what I sound like. So I don't know. So but it, you have a great voice. Everyone would welcome <laughs> your calls. Mike. I can't wait to hear who you call first. <laughs> I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> Good. I will follow up with you on that. <laughs> well, Rhonda, hopefully we've got which uh, a lot of companies and CEOs and VPs listening to the show from our world. And what's the best way that they can get a hold of you or talk to you or communicate with you and and possibly hire you, whatever you wish. Mm-hmm. How can they get a hold of you? Thank you, Mike. Uh, it's really easy, Rhonda. R H O N D A M Vitiri. V as in Victor, E-T-E-R-E at gmail.com. It's very, very, um, I'm on Instagram, Rhonda M. Vatiri, Facebook. I'm very, I'm very accessible, Mike. I, I live, I live my life like that. I want to help people, random d- direct messages. I'm, I'm all about connectivity, um, and, and helping people in transparency. So I'm very easy to get a hold of. They'll, I mean, the website's out there, Rhonda Vatiri.com, but just reach out directly, which is old school, right, Mike? It's old yeah, that school. Is, it's, it's good old school. That's what I say. Good old school. <laughs> yes, Rhonda, you are a very engaging and powerful person. And I don't mean powerful in the sense that you're the president of the United States, but you're powerful in the messages you give out. And, and uh, we appreciate that. And I can't wait to see you at the next start line. Oh, I cannot wait, Mike. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. And I'll ask you who you called. (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're busy as heck, and we certainly appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for being on this episode of Find Your Finish Line, presented by Curad Performance Series, the official medical supplier of Ironman. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, become notified of upcoming podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or right from our website, MikeRiley.net. 
And keep in mind, everybody, adversity introduces one to themselves. Don't ever shy away from the hard stuff. It'll make you strong in the end, and it'll get you to your next finish line. As always, my warmest aloha to each and every one of you. Bye-bye.